using a bike as more than a recreational tool to run errands or commute to work can be rewarding physically, emotionally, and financially. Okay. Now I know a lot of you are filling your mind with all sorts of reasons that you can't possibly ride your bike to work. It's too far, it's too hot, it's too cold, you can't show up sweaty, you have to carry stuff, and so forth. But really, if you thought you might want to try to give it a whirl, using your bike to get to work is not as hard as you might have conjured up in your mind. We've put together some ideas for you to consider, and we hope that you will give it a shot. So, welcome to Bicycles to the Rescue, the podcast that examines all the ways in which bicycles are a simple solution to the world's many complex problems. I'm your host, Brendan Poe, and joining me across the console is Kevin Eng, our co-producer and finder of data to either back up my harebrained ideas or shoot me down. Hey, Kevin, what's the good word? Uh, it's a lot of good words today, and hopefully I'll, I'll back you up and not shoot you down too much today. I really don't mind when you shoot me down, because, uh, you know, I, I kind of freewheel it through the whole thing, and, uh, you know, <laughs> if I get out of line, I have no problem with you taking me down. All right, well, before we get into that, just a reminder that Bicycles to the Rescue is brought to you by the CycleCraft Cycling Center, located in Persephone, New Jersey, and around the world at CycleCraft.com. Sweet. So, before we talk about how, let's talk about why. Why should you use a bike for transportation instead of a car? So we've talked about this a bit in the past. Kevin, what have you got for us on your list? Uh, well, uh, the, a, lot of the emotion, uh, the, a lot of benefits from riding bikes are not just physical. Um, there's also a fair amount of emotional well-being you can get from riding your bike. Uh, just it's a, exercise is often a good way to reduce stress. And we often build up a fair amount of stress during our workday and sometimes even before our workday starts. And it's kind of nice to have that, uh, that nice alone time outside. And I will say I've been reading lots and lots of articles about how during the COVID-19 pandemic that you should be out exercising just to reduce the stress of the whole thing. And we've certainly been seeing people do that for sure. So why else would I want to uh, use my uh, bike to get to work instead of uh, driving in my car? Uh, well, a lot of times people, um, they want to exercise and they want to put in time for cardio, but they don't have the time to do it because they're too busy commuting back and forth to work and being at work. Um, so a good way to combine that time is to, uh, if, you're com if you're exercising while you're commuting back and forth to work, you've got, uh, back and forth to work, you've got a lot of extra time to do other stuff. And still the the proverbial done. two birds with one stone. Right. And uh, also it's going to save you a fair amount of money. Um, as we've seen in previous episodes, you can refer back to some of our back catalog for a lot of the uh, in-depth data. But uh, a car can cost a lot of money, but a bike doesn't cost much money at all when you stretch the when you stretch it out over time. It, it's funny when people sometimes come into the store and they're uh, you know they're kind of shocked that you know well, a bicycle is five hundred dollars and like well have you looked at what you're spending on your car lately? Right. So I, I think uh, there's lots of good reasons to use your bike for other than just a recreational toy, which, again, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I highly recommend that uh, using your bicycle for just re recreational fun uh, is a thing. But you can really use your bike to do a lot of other stuff as well uh, and for all of the reasons that we listed above. Um, so we can all agree it's a great idea. But what about the challenges? Of riding a bike to work. So one of the ones that uh, people tell us a lot is, well, I'm so far from my job, I couldn't possibly consider it. Now, when people think that they're far from their job, keep in mind, you know, 40 miles is far from your job. There are a lot of folks that are actually only about like seven, eight, nine, ten miles away from work. They're like, I'm so far away. Right. Um, but what if you are far away from your work? What should you do? Uh, well, say if you live where here, where we are, and uh, a fair amount of people who live here work in New York City, uh, maybe they're not commuting back and forth right now during the uh, during the uh, 
lockdown, but uh, and a lot of people are working from home. Um, but uh, what a lot of people will do is they'll ride their bike to their local public transportation stop, whether that's the bus or the train. Um, and that may be a short distance. That may be within 10 miles from your home. And then they just leave their bike there at the uh, at the train station, lock it up there, and then take the train to work. I, well, I know, and a lot of people, uh, because they were training for something specific, here's a, a thing they learned almost by accident, is that in order to get mileage in for a big event they were doing, they would drive halfway to work. So if they lived 30 miles or 40 miles away from work, they would drive 20 miles and then ride 20 miles or, you know, some combination of those miles. So that, that would definitely be one way to do it. I, and I guess that one of the problems with that, though, is that kind of negates the savings on a car. But uh, at least if you are using your bike uh, part of the time, you are saving some gas, uh, although not the full expense uh, of the car. But you are getting the physical and emotional benefits of riding your bike. For sure. Okay, so uh, here's another one. I have to show up fresh and tasty, and I have to wear nice clothes. Okay. Uh, well, what some people will do is they'll uh, they'll leave their their clothes at the office uh, the day before, uh, or they'll have a uh, an outfit uh, at work already. Um, from some uh, looking around that I've seen, what some folks will do um, is they will bring their you know they will commute with their their work outfit either in a backpack or in their in their rack bags or something like that but um in the event of a uh you know some you forget something in the morning they always have an emergency outfit under their desk ready to go just in case um so that that's always a nice thing to have um another option is uh so if your place of work doesn't have a a changing room or a locker room or something like that um, oftentimes a, a local gym will let you get a membership for cheap and you can just use the locker room that's nearby. Uh, and, or you can just clean up in the bathroom of where you work. So I used to do that uh, actually a fair amount when I was using my bike to get to work. Uh, a little bit of alcohol and some soap and water goes a long way. Now for men, you know, having a nice short haircut uh, is also part of the magic where, you know, you can get away with not actually taking a full shower. Uh, but I know that uh, some of the ladies out there may have a hairdo that uh, is contrary to that sort of an approach. But it's definitely out there. And, uh, you know, short hair is much easier to take care of whether you're a man or a woman. So uh, low, low maintenance uh, uh, hairdos is something you might want to consider as well. So what are some of the other uh, that I know that... Uh, Oh gosh, uh, it, it's uh, it's too physically demanding uh, for me. Uh, I you know I don't ride a bike a lot now, so just you know riding even ten miles to work. Uh, so you know what's our what's our strategy for dealing with that? Uh, well, one suggestion I would I personally would try, and 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 I've I've seen a lot of people recommend is um, if you're thinking about starting, don't try to do the two way commute the first time. Either on your first day or your first week, try just going one way and then either carpooling home or, or you know, getting a ride home. You know, because honestly, if you work, say you work 20 miles from where you, you know, where you live, for some people, that's a pretty long ride. For a lot of people, that's a pretty long ride. You may not be able to make it to work and back, you know, those 20 miles each way. But if you could make it the one way and then maybe find a ride home, that's a good way to start. And then you can build up from there you know, with the more you do it, the better at it you're going to be. Before you know it, you're able to do all kinds of crazy mileage that uh, you never would have uh, anticipated. Right. Um, I mean, Kat rides her bike to work. Uh, so she hasn't done it in a while, uh, and clearly because of the, you know, pandemic and things going on. Uh, but that was, you know, her, her commute was 16 miles. 
and and she would show up on her bike and you know some of the ladies in the office oh you rode your bike here how far did you go and she would be yeah it's 16 miles they're like oh my god you rode a bike 16 miles oh well, i can't <laughs> oh believe god. it yeah it's terrible yeah uh, but really riding a bike 16 miles after you've done it uh, a couple of times, you start to realize it's uh, it's actually pretty doable. Yeah, it's not that far. And and for most people, that's probably, what would you say, 35 to 45 minutes. And uh, if you're mostly flat, maybe an hour if you got some hills in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's not, you know, it, it's not a, outside the range of what most people would consider a normal commute right. uh, in their car. And uh, one, one other thing to remember is... You leave yourself some extra time in the morning to uh, get yourself ready uh, when you get there and also because you will be going a little slower than driving your car. So just to make it fun so you don't have to rush, leave yourself a little extra time in the morning and uh, and have some fun with it. I think that's the important part to remember is that don't let the commute become a burden for you, I think is, is one thing I've heard a lot of bike commuters tell me, and Brendan, I'm sure you would agree with me. You know, it's as, while it is you getting back and forth to work, the minute it starts becoming fun is the the minute it's gonna you're gonna think about not doing it. So always make it fun. That's a yeah. That's some great advice. And and that also one of the things that uh, you know people don't realize. So that a, a big stumbling block is that they don't feel safe on some of the roads. Like if you had to, you know, if the only way that you were getting to be able to get to work was on Route 46 and Route 287, you know, clearly you're not going to want to ride your bike on that. So. Uh, what would you suggest to me, Kevin, if I was looking uh, to not have to ride on highways? Well, I think there's plenty of, there's probably a good amount of local smaller roads that you can take that are a lot more bike friendly. So uh, a quick way to do that, you know, is you can just hop onto your Google Maps and you can, you can search out a route. And while that route may not be the, you know, may not be the shortest, it may not be the most direct, but if it's going to be the safest one, that's the one you should use. And then an important element of that, of, of finding the route is to, if you, when you come up with one that you think might work, go and try it out on a Saturday or a Sunday before you do it for real. That will, you know, you'll never really know what it's going to be like till you actually get out on the road and ride it. So try it on a Saturday morning, see what it looks like, see what the roads look like, see how you feel, and then you can make adjustments from there. That is some terrific advice. And I, I actually, uh, I will use uh, ride with GPS uh, is one way that I, I'll map out a ride and I can actually load that up on my phone and follow that, uh, that route. Uh, and, and you probably don't realize it, but there's a lot of ways to get from point A to point B that you never realized existed. You have to do a little examination of some of those back roads and see how they connect up. But right. uh, you'd be shocked and amazed at how many different ways you could get from your house to your job without ever touching a highway. Right. And for, for me, I mean, I, I don't, I don't ride to work very often. I, I live about, uh, about 28 miles from here. And when I am on my car, I'm mostly on a highway. So I wouldn't obviously not ride my bike the same way I come here. But what I found was that there is a pretty nice, relatively car, you know, car safe or bike safe way to get here from where I live. And it's not that much longer. It's probably only about 15 to 20 minutes longer than if I was going to be in my, you know, riding in my car. And it's a actually pretty nice and scenic way to get here. So it's, it's not bad. It's not the most direct way, but I would, but like I said, often the most direct route is not, not always the fastest and not usually not the safest for a bike for a, a, a cyclist. 
I, I know coming from your house, though, it's like when you come down here, it's mostly an elevation loss. Right. What's going really, home is the hard part. Going home is the hard part. And that's where <laughs> that, that, you know, maybe carpooling one way uh, is a good way to do it or, or going part, you know, like driving part of the way. Uh, and, and this is, you know, again, for anyone that, that's, that's training for an event, let's say that you signed up to do, you know, Grand Fondo New York and you need to get mile, you know, you want to you wanna do your PR on that. Uh, and your job is, uh, you know, holding you back from training the amount of miles that you want. Doing that driving part way and riding part of the way, even if, even if you were like 50 miles away from your job, if you if you rode uh, or you drove your car 30 miles and then rode 20 miles each way, you you know your mileage will uh, start to add up pretty quickly. Uh, so that uh, that's a, a great training. You know, I, I'll, I'll throw it. It should be a different episode for the podcast. Is like, you know, how do I how do I step up my training to accomplish a personal best on on a ride event that I want to do? And we would say, ride your bike to work and get the miles in that way. It's a good way to start, for sure. So one thing I, I do want to bring up uh, for myself personally, the you know the getting home at the end of the day. My bike commute is only about twelve and a half miles, and I've probably mentioned this before. Uh, but I'm going to throw out a shout out there for the pedal assist e-bike, uh, you know, and, and the e-bike is, is a great way to, uh, also slay a lot of those paper dragons, you know, number one, uh, you know, you don't have to totally crush it going to work. I can go to work, I can get to work, I can ride, you know, for an hour and I don't break a sweat, you know, if I don't want to, if I want to, I can, but I, you know, if I want to get here fresh and tasty, uh, I don't, you know, I don't need to do a full shower set after uh, after I ride my e-bike to work. So it's good for flattening out the hills. You know, again, if you're on your way home after working for eight or ten hours, you're pretty beat at the end of a work day. And sometimes the thought of getting on the bike and going home is a little bit, uh, oh, I guess, demoralizing is the word I would come up <laughs> with. <laughs> but uh, you know, and and particularly if there's if there's one or two challenging hills on your way home, the e-bike uh, is definitely a way to do it. Uh, and so that, uh, I'm, I'm a strong advocate, uh, for doing that, uh, for sure. Um, so Kevin, one of, one of the things that, that I know a lot of people have on their mind is also safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the things that uh, you think people ought to be doing to, you know, to it, increase their safety on their rides? Um, one of the most important things, uh, in cycling in general, but especially if you're for commuting, especially since you'll often be on the road at least if we ever go back to real rush hour, maybe, uh, is uh, you want to be visible. Um, So high visibility clothing, um, reflectivity, lights on your bike and maybe on yourself are very important. That's probably the the biggest thing for safety because uh, being seen is only only the first part, but it's arguably the most important part. People, the, the better people are able to see you, the more likely they are that they're not going to hit you. Visibility, definitely a big plus. One of the things that I also like to mention is, you know, learning some better bike handling skills. You know, if you are kind of, you know, new at riding, you know, seriously in general, uh, you know, it's not a bad idea to seek out some uh, ride training courses. Uh, There are also, uh, you know, riding and traffic safely type courses that are out there. Uh, You can check some of those out. And I think, in our area, transoptions.org, a little shout out to those guys. Transoptions is uh, the local transportation 
Planning uh, Association, I forget, a TPA, I think it's what it's called in New Jersey. But it's basically, it, it's a, a government-funded organization that uh, deals with a lot of different commuting uh, things. Uh, as their name suggests, transportation alternatives, they're looking for ways to get you out of your car. And within the, the, the purview of their mandate is that they uh, offer uh, training courses uh, from time to time. So if you're uh, looking for a higher skill set, that's something uh, good to try out. Uh, or even just ride, you know, doing group rides with uh, people. Now, if you are doing group rides, though, you want to get with a group that are a bunch of knuckleheads because there are definitely some knuckleheads out there that will show mm-hmm. you all the wrong, stupid, unsafe things to do sure. when yeah, riding on the roadway. So that comes with uh, a caveat. Uh, but definitely bike skills uh, is something that you want to uh, practice. Sure. And that all comes with time. And, again, this is one of those things you um, – the more time you put in, the better at you're going to get. Absolutely. Another thing that you're definitely going to want to think about is learning how to fix a flat. If you're riding your bike to work and you don't know how to fix a flat tire, that's definitely a skill that you should acquire. Uh, we do here at uh, Cyclecraft, we do, uh, well, when we're, we're not shut down for a pandemic, we do the new bike owners clinic uh, where we definitely will show you how to fix a flat. And there's also, if you go to cyclecraft.com, uh, up in the about area, there's a thing uh, called how-to videos. Uh, and there's a uh, video in there about how to fix a flat. So if you have any questions uh, about how to do that, there are definitely some resources in learning that as well. I would also recommend practicing fixing a flat. You know, So uh, again, in, in getting yourself ready to commute to work, uh, Kevin's idea about practicing your route before you go, uh, practicing fixing a flat uh, before you need to actually do it is definitely a good idea because I know that's uh, an anxiety-producing task that actually a lot of people will not use their bike to go to work. It's like, well, I have to get to work, and what if I get a flat? Right. But if you have the confidence, it's not a problem. Right. And speaking of, you know, uh, catastrophes and disasters that may occur, one thing that's also important is to have a backup plan, just in case, because there may be times where you can't ride your bike to work, like if your bike is broken or if you have a flat and you don't have time to change it have a plan to do that. So if you have public transportation, you can take, if you can, you know, call for a ride or, or, uh, or maybe, you know, plan for a carpool in the event you can't do it, have a backup plan ready to go just in case, because things happen. And if, uh, or if, you know, honestly, if inclement weather comes around and you really just don't want to, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, in, in, uh, you know, here in the Northeast in the winter time, we, we certainly get some snow and some, uh, some bad weather that really not many people want to ride their bikes in, and that's okay. But if you have a backup plan to make sure you still get to work and not have a, again, have your commute become a burden because you feel like you have to do it in conditions you don't want to be in, that's uh, that's one less reason for you to not want to do it in the future. Yes, and, and, I, and I don't recommend starting in the winter. Like the best time to, to start as a bike commuter is in the summer when it's uh, pretty nice out, uh, and you'll enjoy your ride a lot more. Now, you'll find that riding your bike in inclement weather is much more doable than you realize. I mean, you know, having a bike with fenders on it and right. having a decent rain jacket uh, will go a long way towards, you know, making a, a wet commute uh, more comfortable and or having, uh, you know, a, a jacket that uh, will, you know, keep you warm but allow you, you know, to have a, a breathability to it. In other words, a, a technical jacket that allows you to ride comfortably when it's cold out Proper gloves, foot covers, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, it's a lot more doable than people realize. Right. And that, that goes to my next point on my list was prepare your gear. Um, so invest in a good 
a proper set of accessories for your bike and for yourself. Uh, so you'll be prepared uh, to ride in a variety of conditions. So like you mentioned, Brendan fenders, um, flat resistant tires to help eliminate some of the flats that you can prevent. Uh, a flat repair kit so you can be prepared to fix the flats when they do happen. As far as clothing, like you mentioned again, gloves, jackets, waterproof stuff to uh, to make it uh, doable for you to ride in wet weather. Uh, warm stuff for you to ride if the weather is cold. All these things. And I know that sounds like, oh man, I'm going to have to buy all this stuff. Um, and I'm going to spend a whole ton of money. You don't have to spend a whole ton of money on on, on a lot of stuff. I mean, if you really invest a, a, you know, good, uh, a, a little bit of money in the important stuff, you know, maybe two or three pieces, you don't really have to go crazy. And you'd be surprised how manageable it is. But if you would like to spend a ton of money, I would like to say that CycleCraft is a great <laughs> yeah. place to do it. <laughs> but but you don't you don't have to do it. But if you if you have a ton of money and you want to spend it, we're absolutely happy to help you uh, track some of those things down. Right. That's uh, that's my plug for the store. <laughs> uh, um, and sure. again, I think the uh, one thing that I thought was actually a really good idea, and uh, a couple of times I've used this um, this you know trick was to keep a some you know an emergency outfit at work certainly done this a couple of times when i worked at this store and also at you know uh, our uh, another store our old store out uh, out in uh, in long, the long valley area i would just keep an extra work shirt or or a pants or something there just in case if i forget or uh, or something like that or if i just don't feel like wearing a backpack or or bringing stuff with me i know i have an outfit at work that i can change into I, I learned that one of the, my backup items is a pair of shoes. I once actually, <laughs> yeah. riding to work, I lost one of my sneakers on the way to work. It fell out of my bag. <laughs> so, and I did not have a backup. So that's, that's one of those lessons that, you know, you can listen to us and, and be smart ahead of time, or you can learn the hard way that you right. should have prepared a little bit uh, better uh, for that. Cool. So what, any, other, uh, any other tips there? Uh, one thing was if, if you can find other people to ride with, Maybe it's people you work with. Maybe it's people who are your friends who might work nearby. Or maybe if people in your house and your family work nearby and you want to ride in together, great. Set a good example for your kids. Ride with your kids to school or or uh, get them in the in the habits of, of doing it. Those are all good things in them. If you have a group and uh, build a community around it, uh, even if it's your own little one, um, that will be another reason for you to continue doing it. Ooh, those are some actually great ideas. Um, cool. So, so let's review. Or do, I mean, do you have other uh, things um, on your list? I guess the most important thing is that you know we we can we can give you all these tips and tricks, but ultimately you've got to find what works for you. Everyone has a different preference. Everyone has different things that work for them. So, and that's going to take some practice to find. But uh, um, you know, you can you can take our advice, but ultimately. Uh, you're going to have to find what works for you and what works for your individual situation. You know, and there's a couple little things like some people, you know, you might work, say you and one other person, you work at the same place and you go the same distance every day, but one person might prefer to ride with a backpack, you know, and maybe a lighter bike with no rack on it. Some people want that full commuter bike with racks and bags and stuff because they don't want to wear the backpack. Both options are okay. It just depends on what you like. Cool. So, and I do want to, uh, before uh, I forget i do want to mention that one thing that i do is uh i plan routes for people i've done that for a number of people who wanted to ride their bike to work and they weren't quite sure how to go about it uh that's a resource here uh i and kevin actually i, I know you're pretty good with the ride with gps uh right. mapping as well 
if you have uh, a need or we're looking for some assistance on that, we'd be happy to help you chart out one of those routes and create a map file for you to follow on your phone or your Garmin device or whatever. We are always available to help with that sort of thing. Uh, so please take advantage of that. You can reach me uh, via email at brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, at cyclecraft.com. Or, Kevin, how can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me at K-E-N-G at cyclecraft.com. Cool. So there's two resources for you, uh, and we're always happy to offer moral support as well. If you have any questions about using your bike to get to work, we are happy to uh, help facilitate that for you. Um, so I think that's it for me on on uh, trying to get people to use their bike for transportation. Kevin, anything you want to add to that? Uh, I think that's all I got. All right. Well, that will do it for us this week on Bicycles to the Rescue, the podcast that examines all the ways in which a bicycle is a simple solution to some complicated problems. Kevin, why don't you take us out? Bicycles to the Rescue is a dog on a bike media production written and produced by Brendan Poe and Kevin Eng. It's brought to you by the CycleCraft Cycling Center, located on Route 46 in Parsippany, New Jersey, and around the world at CycleCraft.com. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Bicycles to the Rescue! Bicycles to the Rescue!